0: Hey, guys, before we get started, I have a little secret for you. Come here. Did you know that we are on YouTube? That is right. You can watch these interviews live, uncut, by going to youtube.com forward slash Heather Parody. That is P-A-R-A-D-Y. I promise you it's another level watching these on YouTube. So again, find us over there by searching for Heather Parody or Unconventional Leaders. And make sure you hit that subscribe button.
1: Everybody has an amazing, unique value. And when you truly understand what that means for you, then you can have the confidence to ask for a charge what you're worth. I've always I was born with several flaws. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see.
0: And I'm proud to be an. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader.
1: Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted.
0: Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up,
1: use their voice, and make an impact in this world.
0: Money is just a tool. It's just energy. That's all it is. That comes from today's guest, Megan Toll. No, she did not sing it, but I'm singing it to you because maybe... That spoonful of sugar will help that medicine go down. That money is just a tool. It's just energy. If you're like me, y'all, you've got to overcome a lot of money blocks, money mindset issues when it comes to building your thing, your creative work, whatever it may be. If you want to do the thing that you love and figure out a way to make money from it, we've got to address some deeper issues, y'all. Sometimes we want to run to tactics and figure out the next marketing strategy, but if some of that internal work that is keeping us blocked from going for the ask or charging what we're worth or whatever it is, no marketing tactic is going to get us past that. Amen? Holla? Anybody in the back? So here's the question. Can you make money doing what you're passionate about? Today's guest found herself as an overworked single mother who discovered that she could recreate her life and business. To be more enjoyable, free, and fruitful. How? By finding her unique gift and leaning into her passions. Megan's an entrepreneur, best-selling author, regular contributor to Huffington Post and the Business Journal. She has been featured as an expert on CBS and Fox. And what's even cooler than all that is she's super nice. Today we talk about how do we know if something should stay a hobby or we should monetize it. How do we overcome the guilt of enjoying what we do and charging for it? And how do we identify what our gifts are and what are our responsibilities for them? Y'all, it's awesome. Connect with Megan. She's everywhere at Megan Toll. And if you have a friend who struggles in this area, maybe they've said to you, oh my goodness, I want to make this a business, but I'm really struggling with the money part of it. Hey, take a screenshot. Share it with them. We want to impact unconventional leaders' lives and I'm so grateful for you for being a part of this movement. Are you ready? Making money, doing what you love with the Megan Toll. Yeah,
1: I mean I've I've always kind of known that I can't be fit into a box. Mm. And I I think I had one corporate job. Actually was pretty darn flexible. I was able to set my own schedule. In fact it was a new role that never even existed. So I basically wrote my job description made my own schedule. So yeah. I kind of felt like it was my own business anyway, but otherwise I've had my own businesses and have been an entrepreneur. So.
0: Yeah. And that's your thing is you want to help other people find what they're passionate about and make make money doing that? And I'm wondering, yes. is, is, can we always do that? Like anything we're passionate about, can we figure out a way to make money with it? Like how do we know that something is just maybe it should stay a hobby versus something that we should figure out? How monetize?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think that's my, my genius zone or my brilliance is really being able to help people find something that they're passionate about and build a business around it. You know, as long as you can solve a problem mm. with your gift, or if there's a gap in the marketplace, you're filling some sort of need, then yes, a hundred percent, you can create a business around it, whether it's a service or a product, you know, really doing that inner work because um, I think so often, Heather, we find ourselves, uh, and I think we were talking about this where, you know, we have a certain path that we believe that we're supposed to go on and we start doing the things, even as an entrepreneur, I found myself doing this in, uh, to an extent where we, we start looking at the people around us and we start, you know, using them as examples, which is great to an extent in terms of getting inspired. But then often what we're doing is we're wanting to emulate them. And Mm. then we start doing the things we feel like we need to do or should do because, Oh, this person's doing this. They're super excited, super successful doing that. I should do that as well. And, you know, what I have found is, you know, even though I'm a super uh, competitive and confident and very much a go-getter I found myself like following along the footsteps of some gurus that were successful. And I, because of sheer determination and persistence, I was able to be successful, you know, following their models, but it was not sustainable and everything felt so. Hard, it felt like I was pushing a metaphor rock up a hill. You know, it just it was a struggle. Can you give me an
0: example, like what's something that didn't really align with who you are? Actually, when
1: I first quit my um, my job, um, I was actually forced to to do that because when I was thirty years old, I tragically lost my my husband, unfortunately to to alcohol. So, uh, came home one day from being on the road. You know, realized after asking my my Parents and my sister were crying that i I had lost my husband, and it was just like my whole world turned upside down as you can imagine. my son was only two and a half years old, and there I was, a widow, single mom, everything changed, but my way of dealing with it was kind of throwing myself back into work and just focusing on that, being strong for my son and you know I wasn't gonna go down the the victim path but you know so after several months of Working, I felt very, very guilty and torn leaving him. I actually decided Your to son. quit my job. Yeah. Leaving my son. Yeah. So I would, uh, I was a manager for the state of Florida at the time, uh, for the company I worked with. And I would drive like four hours to go do a training and then drive four hours back so I could tuck him in at night. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. I loved my job. And obviously it was my only source of income, but. I knew in my heart that I needed to make a change and I needed to make him my number one priority. So I decided to quit my job and start a business from home. This is where I, it was a huge learning lesson. So this is when online marketing was kind of a newer thing, 18 Mm -hmm. or 19 years ago. And so I was very confident as a marketer, marketing face-to-face, but this was my first time having to learn how to do online marketing. I was working for a direct sales um, company at the time, and I was of the mindset, you know what? If other people are successful, I'll figure it out and I'll I'll learn what I need to learn. But I was attempting to do it on my own and figuring things out. And Heather, six months in, Mm -hmm. I made $0. Mm -hmm. But my why was so big. Mm. I just kept going. I kept um, moving forward and I knew that I was going to figure it out. I actually hired someone to uh, train me on the online um, marketing piece and got the help that I needed. And I was able to kind of move past that hump, really then start making money in that industry. And actually that second six months, I was able to triple my income of what I made working for the corporate company. But what I found, even though I was reaching some success... It felt hard. You know, it, I felt forced and I felt a little bit out of integrity of what, you know, my natural way was do, uh, of doing things was. Over time, it just was not sustainable. And I found myself kind of on that uh, financial roller coaster ride where I would, you know, do well and then not be making mm-hmm. money. And of course, then it was um, getting involved in some unhealthy relationships. And um, mm-hmm. I, I found myself kind of out of alignment in a lot of areas of my life. Um, and it probably was, you know, stemming back from when I lost uh, my husband, I wasn't really able to properly grieve. So I just threw myself into work and just like went full force forward without really doing that inner work. So basically I, I hit a rock bottom. I was in a really horrible relationship, a verbally abusive relationship. And, you know, when you're working from home as a solopreneur, you have to be able to be focused on your business. Yes. And uh, I wasn't able to at that time and just everything seemed so heavy. And yeah, I was really at my lowest of lows at that point. And I started thinking like, you know what? What do you want to do versus what do you feel like you need to do? And so I started to take some time, Heather, to do that inner work and start getting clear on what I was passionate about, what I learned, um, so far through my journey in terms of how can I best be of service to others with my gifts? What truly brings me joy? What is fulfilling for me? And, you know, how can I make a difference? And so that, Is when things started to shift for me in terms of really kind of redesigning my focus and my business around what I truly wanted to do. Wow. Everything just kind of opened up and, and changed at that point. I went from kind of operating from, you know, the fear and scarcity of, of doing the things I felt like I needed to do, Uh even though they didn't quite feel right,
0: Uh to
1: then being willing to open up to start looking at what I truly wanted and, really then being able to then uh, build a business around that, which is a little scary and it takes courage and it takes trusting yourself. But then I was able to start tapping into the flow, ease and grace of business. Which mm-hmm. I had never experienced mm-hmm. until then. And that was when I really realized I was in alignment with my true self, with my passion and ultimately my purpose, mm-hmm. why I was, you know, brought here on this planet. And so now it's so fun to get to teach other women to really do that inner work. And it all comes down to owning your value. Mm-hmm. So you can earn your worth mm-hmm. because I find that the biggest challenge and working with thousands of entrepreneurs at this point, the biggest challenge is most of them do not understand the unique value that they offer. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the confidence to present themselves in a confident or powerful way. So they're not asking for or charging what they're worth or really, you know, trusting that mm-hmm. they have a gift and that they can actually make money. Mm -hmm. um, by being of service in that gift.
0: Mm -hmm. I think there's a, we we associate work with kind of a torture mindset, which is linked to money. So I have to go through pain (laughs) and discomfort and all this to earn money, to earn it. And so thinking about, I can enjoy the things that I enjoy and and would do for free. I can make money. I I feel as though maybe there's like guilt attached to that because you're not supposed Mm -hmm. to take money for, from things, That you enjoy that are fun that you would do for free. How do we overcome that?
1: Oh my gosh. You hit the nail on the head with that one because yes, a lot of it, it comes around, um, guilt with money. And if somebody is super passionate about what they're doing and they do feel like it's their purpose, then what happens is they're giving their time, gifts and talents away. And so it's okay to do that when you're volunteering your time and, and, you know, to be able to share those gifts. For some people that are in need that can't afford to pay you for those gifts, but it really is disempowering to give your time, gifts, and talents away, and and especially women, they do it all the time. How is it? And so, disempowering. it's disempowering because you're not um, understanding the value that you're offering. Then it it really takes that power away from from the gift that you have, and people are if you are providing a service that makes a difference, solves a problem, is transformational, people are happy to pay you for that, right? And so it's, you know, money is a reward then for a a service provided. And like I said, people are happy to do that. But we often are like, oh, I I love what I'm doing. And it's such a blessing that I don't even need to make money because I Mm -hmm. love it so much. That is That's where it becomes disempowering because why not be able to do what you love and get paid generously for it. Mm-hmm. Um, And also, you know, it's not even just about us. It's us being, you know, a demonstration to others in terms of teaching other women that, you know what, if you share your gifts, then you should be paid generously for them as well. I kind of experienced this a little bit too, where, you know, we're wanting to, to give our gifts and share and make a difference in this world. And I had a thing about money a little bit too. I think a lot of us do. We have these limiting beliefs around money or even negative beliefs, or we're, Told that money is evil, or you know, all of these mm-hmm. things like money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard for your money. So we have this this um, idea that we do have to struggle to make money, mm-hmm. and that it, it isn't abundant or it isn't something that should be given um, generously. But what what really worked for me, Heather, is thinking about okay, if I'm providing a, a service that has tremendous value, and somebody gives me money for that and i thank you so much for your service i want to pay you for that and really being able to allow yourself to kind of be in that moment and visualize what that actually feels like Mm -hmm. and knowing that it's a win-win for both parties and then also going to thinking about you know as your bank account starts getting bigger that money in your bank account represents how many people you're helping Hmm. And that like, just thinking about it that way was how I was able to kind of shift and thinking, oh, wow, it's not a bad thing to make a lot of money because that, Means I've helped a lot of people, and now guess what? With that money, I can build a team. I can hire people who are looking for jobs. I can you know um, donate money to causes that I'm passionate about, really be able to step up my game to make even a bigger impact. Yeah. So I think it's you know really just putting perspective around you know money is just a tool, and yeah. money is energy if we're hoarding it or holding on to it, and not letting it flow. Then we are going to struggle in making it in our lives, and you know, it's just really being able to um, change that perspective and know that we are are meant to live an abundant life in mm-hmm. every aspect, mm-hmm. and it's okay to get gen- uh, paid generously for mm-hmm. your gifts and service.
0: Mm-hmm. You've said gifts over and over and over and over again, and I know that you're a spiritual uh, woman. So how do how do you conceptualize what? gifts mean? Where do gifts come from and what's our responsibility with them?
1: Yeah. So um gifts make up, I think, one main component of our unique value. So I believe we are all blessed with God-given gifts and talents. I believe it's our responsibility to share those God-given gifts and talents. So um, you know, thinking of how we can be of service. And it doesn't necessarily always mean that you have to start a business around it, but thinking like how you can share in the workplace, if you have a job or um, if you're donating your time or volunteering, you know, how can you use those gifts in a way that make a difference? But we were talking about unique value earlier. And I believe that Everybody has an amazing, unique value. And when you truly understand what that means for you, then you can have the confidence to ask for or charge what you're worth. Now, your unique value comes from a number of different things. It comes from your God given gifts and talents. It comes from your um, experiences in your life, your life's journey. Everything that you learned along the way it comes from your education the skill sets you've developed, your values as a person, and your characteristics as a person. So all of those things come together to make up our unique values. So you can imagine there's no two people on the planet alike. Mm-hmm. We are all unique and different. And when you're able to really wrap your head around that and you're able to celebrate all aspects of that, mm-hmm. even you're thinking of your experiences, you know, I had been through, you know, tremendous adversity in my life. And I'm sure many uh, of the listeners have. And sometimes there's things that maybe we're afraid to share or we don't openly want to talk about, but they make us who we are. You know, I believe every experience in our life, good or bad, are stepping stones leading us to who we're meant to be. So if we can, you know, celebrate our, our differences and our challenges and our adversity, and, and be able to be vulnerable in that and knowing that that makes us who we are. And we're able to learn and grow uh, through that adversity, you know, just really kind of embracing that and knowing that you learn so much and you're going to be able to be uh, in, in greater service to someone later because of it.
0: How did um, the experience when you were 30 losing your husband shape the woman that you are now and the entrepreneur that you are now?
1: Mm. Right. That's a really um, interesting question because it has been a journey through that whole process of um, really coming to terms with what happened. Obviously, when it first happened, it was devastating. But, you know, I, I threw myself back into work, kept moving forward, realized that, um, you know, I needed to be strong for my son. So that was my way of, of dealing with it. Of course, a lot of people are like, oh, do you want to see, you know, a therapist? And, and I'm not taking anything away from that. But at that time, it wasn't for me. But what I did find is that I was finding myself getting into uh, relationships that were not so healthy. So the, um, my my husband um, that I lost uh, Sean, he was an alcoholic and so I had um, you know struggled with with him being an alcoholic for many, many years and ultimately he he died because of it. And so I even though I didn't blame myself subconsciously, I felt like I wasn't able to help him. So I found myself really getting into many relationships where maybe I, I saw the potential in somebody, but they didn't necess- necessarily see it in themselves. I'm like, Oh, you're so great at this. Why don't we set up a business for you and you can do this? And, you know, and they were like, sounded all excited and ready to go. But at the end of the day, they weren't quite as ambitious as I was about it. And, and it often didn't work. But so... I found myself on this path of, you know, wanting to help people and, um, you know, fix people. And, uh, I mean, I guess it's the coach in me as well, but, um, yeah, so I think it it was later in life where I realized what I was doing and that that wasn't serving me or that other individual. Yeah. It's just been kind of an evolution of, of lessons learned through that experience but I really believe as horrible as it was, it's made me who I am today because I'm able to be resilient and be able to help people through, um, you know, other challenges that maybe, maybe uh, they may be experiencing in their life. So I think, you know, as a coach, if you have some adversities and, and some struggles and you're able to get on the other side of it, you're able to use that as a tool then to help somebody else and it's not even just you know as a coach but if you're willing to go there if you're willing to be like you know what my life hasn't always been perfect. And I've screwed up plenty of times. And if you're able to own up to that, then be able to um, expose those those moments and be vulnerable, then not only will people be able to connect with you at a deeper level and, and be able to resonate with you, you know, you'll be able to really help them on a deeper level because they know that you have experienced something similar to what they might be going through.
0: Yeah, I think that's the difficult part because when you talk about owning your value and your worth and your gifts and all of that, that, my mind automatically goes to kind of like a positive spin on that. And then when you think of like your adversity and the things that you've been through, maybe your you know your interests are a little quirky, your personality is a little different. Mine definitely is. So mm-hmm. kind of lump that over here in this, this side we hide or we don't talk about because surely we can't merge those two worlds together. And figuring out how you see your value and worth through the lens of your experience and your uniqueness and your unconventional ways that's hard because you're pretty much having to reframe all the things that you used to see as your disadvantage.
1: Yes, hundred percent. And uh, so i've I've always been kind of in the um, speaking world and training and marketing. And um, years ago, I just remember it was all about presenting yourself as this confident you know, person that has everything together. Right. And it was really coming from that place of ego. Right. And so, and that's where, you know, I kind of started learning about alignment and being out of integrity because I remember like I was taught, uh, I was actually a sales trainer at some point, um, teaching a method that was like all about, you know, selling the features and the benefits and, you know, saying the right thing and kind of, you know, manipulating a little bit with the sale. I'm just like, ew, like this just does not feel good or right. And it, it was all this, that, that ego, you know, and, and I think a lot of people come from that place still today, like thinking like, oh. I got to get on, sp- on stage and speak to a group of people, so they get in their head about it, like thinking, "Oh, I got to say the perfect thing. I have to be come across as a you know professional." They're putting themselves up on this pedestal. Guess what? If you're putting yourself on that pedestal, it's a long way to come crashing down. Instead of coming from the heart. So getting out of your head, the ego of thinking like of saying the perfect thing and and really um, not making any mistake to getting into your heart and really connecting to what you're passionate about, what your message is. And really coming from that place of vulnerability and wanting to connect with the audience and like thinking, even if I connect with one person, isn't it worth it? If if I can connect and change one person's life or transform their life in one way, um, wouldn't it be worth it? So it's really just kind of just taking a different uh, perspective around it and, and coming from that place of service versus selling. Again, there's a lot of shifts that we need to make. And As we get older and we have various different experiences, we become wiser. But then also, I think as we become older, I don't know if you've hit this point yet where you almost just don't give a shit what people
0: think. I'm getting there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there's part of that too, where it's just like, you know what? None of that other BS even matters. It's just like... You really want to just get down to the heart of the matter and and help people. You kind of have to clear away all the the ego and the, you know, pretending to be someone you're not. Mm. And trust me, I used to do that, like as a speaker, like, oh, I got to say the right things. I have to come across. I can't share any of my ugly moments because I'm the professional and I have to let everybody know I have all my stuff together. Yeah. And, you know, when I was able to finally let that go and be more vulnerable, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. Like at the end of a presentation that I did, um, there was like a line of 20 people and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really connected with it. I really resonated with what you said here. And, and it's like, I really that in that moment, I realized that I was able to connect with people at a different level because Mm. I was willing to open up and, and share my full self.
0: How do, how do we know that we're in alignment with who we're supposed to be?
1: Uh, that's a great question.
0: So if it feels easy or you start
1: feeling things flowing, then that is a great sign that you're probably in alignment. If you um, are having fun mm. and if you are fulfilled in the work that you're doing, you probably are in alignment, but ultimately the bigger game, it's because we're all wanting to live our purpose, right? When you're able to live in your passion and and really live your purpose, that is when you're going to make the biggest impact in this world. Mm it requires us stepping outside our comfort zone, right? And, um, but when you're able to do that and get to that place, that is where you're going to find true joy and fulfillment in your work.
0: Megan, I can have one final question for you. But before we go, uh, we need an opportunity to share uh, your free gift that you have for listeners. And also want to thank you so much for not only joining us today, but also to being courageous enough to step into that place and help the people that Hundreds of thousands of people that you've been able to impact, not uh, despite of the pain and discomfort, but because of it and because you're willing to lean into that. Where can people find you online?
1: Yes. Um, So you can find me at megantall.com. And then I also have a great uh, Facebook group. Called Passionista Nation. You resonate with that. Would love to have you part of the group. And I'm also on, um, LinkedIn, Instagram. So you can find me there very easily, but I wanted to leave you with a very special gift today. I wrote a book, uh, a few years ago called the Passion Belief Method, Own Your Value and Earn Your Worth in Business. And, um, as kind of a, a tool to go along with the book, I created an online assessment which is a quiz to determine what your passion belief factor is. So all you have to do is uh, go to pbmassessment.com. And then there's an access code, which is PBMROCKS. And you put that in there and you get access to this online assessment. It just takes a few minutes and you're going to learn so much about
0: yourself. All of that will be linked in the show notes. Very last question. Megan, let's say we were to go back in time to this young 30-year-old woman who um, just went through an incredible tragedy, something I'm sure she never even had dreamed that she would have to walk through. And here she is with this young little boy who's depending on her and needing her. And you had no idea the journey that you were about to go on, the adventures that you would take, the relationships you would have, the uh, new family you would have one day, and the adventure that you would go on. If you were to sit with that 30 year old woman, and tell her one thing that you understand now that she did not know back then. What would that be?
1: Mm. I would have to say, um, the word trust is coming up very strongly. So I would have to say, you know, remind my younger self to trust, to trust that everything's going to be okay, to trust that I had everything I needed to be successful, to trust that. What I had was good enough and even better than what potentially I could, you know, emulate or copy. Mm-hmm. That I needed to trust in my gifts and know that um, I could use those gifts to really make a difference in this world.
0: What I love about this conversation is Megan mentioning that when you're in alignment with something, that it feels good it's something that you enjoy now that doesn't mean that obviously growing something you're going to get frustrated at times it's not always going to be dandelions and sunflowers however at the core and the root of it if it's something that we really love and really enjoy it's worth investing in and figuring out a way that we can do it with our lives why not why not you why not now why not that thing guys connect with megan you can grab her free assessment at megan assessment make sure you use the code pbm rocks that is in the show notes and y'all if you haven't yet our facebook group unconventional leaders such cool people over there we have coffee chats we have challenges going on it's peer-led it's amazing again unconventional leaders over on the facebook love you guys in your corner see you soon